Welcome back, a people, to another episode, episode 62 of There Will Be Duds. That's right. Uh, I'm your co-host, TJ, a.k.a. J-Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always. As always, I am Nick, a.k.a. Dr. Funk on Twitch, and that's it. I took a drink. I was thinking I would have more time. I was like, oh, no. That's it. Um, I was also going to say, uh, we, we should have uh, names for this episode because of House. Like, what? I could be... Like, there's oh. like Gorgeous and Fantasy and, and okay. Prof. Like, I was like, what are our names? Um, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Damn it. I like that, but I can't think of it. <laughs> I can't it'll, think it'll of anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of, or all, as all, as always in speaking of House, we watched House, I don't know, <laughs> we watched the movie this week, and that movie is House, uh, from 1977, directed by Nobuhiko Obayashi. Uh, it follows a high schooler named Gorgeous as she, uh, takes some of her friends to her aunt's, uh, countryside house. Uh, for a summer break vacation um, she hasn't seen her aunt since she was a little kid they get to the house and they are slowly one by one um, consumed by said house and it is a very fun and wacky way to depict <laughs> uh, seven teenage girls being eaten <laughs> by a house <laughs> Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, that's, it's that's house. It's light on the plot, but it's heavy on the uh, the visuals and the effects and the mm-hmm. the psychedelic stuff. Yeah, like that that plot description sounds super like straightforward, and mm-hmm. it was it was easy. That was probably one of the most like easy synopsis. Cause, cause, yeah, because I you know I kind of bumble around the synopses a lot, but that was just like boop boop boop. That's it. And yet watching the movie. It's like there's so much more like beyond that, I yeah. guess, about the movie. So I had not seen it before, mm-hmm. um, but I know I've known about this movie for years, mostly because like this cover. Uh, it's, it's very striking. It's always stuck with me, and I was like, I have to see that movie at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a. I'll I'll say this. I I kind of think I. I don't know. I don't even want to say that it like it ruined the movie for me or anything because I I like the movie. I'm not saying that like I I didn't like the movie, um, but I feel like I've I've watched too many or heard too many people talk about this before watching it. Yeah, because everybody says it's fucking nuts. It's the most insane movie you'll ever see, and like they might be right. And yet, I still got the sense that, like, this movie isn't as crazy as I was expecting. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's not as crazy as I was expecting. Yeah. It's very, like, I was kind of expecting to just not know what was going on at all at any point. And not that that's a bad thing. I think it's good to have a crazy visual extravaganza and crazy editing and all this shit and still be able to follow it like that's that's good yeah yeah that's that's a, that's a score for the for the filmmaker but it's just it was different it was different than i was expecting in that regard yeah yeah i've definitely had that happen to me before uh 
I mean, that's kind of my experience with like all the Wong Kar Wai movies that we watched where I had heard people online talk so much about just like, like, like in the mood for love, we watched that, uh, not too long ago and, uh, mm-hmm. it was good. It was really good, but it didn't leave me with that, like gut wrenching feeling that everyone else online seemed to have had from that movie. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, like it was good. It was fine. I guess yeah. Wong Kar Wai just kind of, I, I like him as a director, but they people the way that people hyped up the stuff and then actually watching it, I was like, oh, I mean it's fine, it's good. Yeah, I wanted I yeah. wanted to be devastated and I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and I mean I would say I had more than I I liked this movie a lot more than just like it was good. Yeah, but yeah. It's just as far as that in that particular aspect, it was it was not as crazy as I thought it was going to be. And, and it's almost like I, I appreciate the movie maybe a little more than I, than I like enjoyed watching it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's so many cool, like practical, yeah. like, yeah. So, yeah. Really, really cool. Um, effects like how they do stuff because obviously this is the 70s and you know they don't have cgi and shit like that Mm -hmm. um all practical and so much of it like really it looks cool it looks legit and then but then they'll have stuff that looks super staged like kalia um came home like halfway through the movie from work and it was like a scene where they're outside maybe at the well and you see like the the superimposed like clouds in the background yeah, she was like yeah. she was like she didn't know anything about the movie and she's like that looks fake and i was like yeah i know like <laughs> it's it's not trying to look real really. yeah <laughs> like, yeah i didn't I, like what I was, I was just like yeah I, yeah it does <laughs> i i like right. that aspect of it like when uh gorgeous and her dad are like talking on the balcony and mm-hmm. it's it's very it's very lit it's it's like very dreamy the way that it's lit mm-hmm. and like the clouds you can tell the clouds aren't moving and it's like a painting yeah. uh it reminded me well i mean this this came well after this but it reminded me almost of like this resurgence in making like ps1 styled horror games mm. there's like that sort of dreamy aspect to it i don't know i don't know that's what that's what it made me think of when i saw it like like a i can't know what you mean like, like that sort have you, of have you heard of Petscop before? No. Oh, okay. We should check it out. It's it's kind of hard to summarize, I guess, in in a thing. But it's not an actual PS One game. But I don't know. Oh, you just I have see. to check it out. It's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. it's it's a YouTube series that a guy made, kind of in the vein of like Ben Drowned, but he literally built like mm. I think he's just running it on an emulator IRL, but he built a PS one game from the ground up and said like, and the whole thing is just him. He's doing like a playthrough, like a let's play of it. And it just gets like weirder and weirder as he goes along. Oh, okay. Um, it's really neat. Um, yeah, I think something like pet scop is really, is kind of like in that vein of like the reason that I think it's so effective and why it's kind of gripped so many people is that weird ethereal vibe that those kinds of games have. Yeah, the one that I'm thinking of, there's a game called Mothered, and it's uh, it's it's in that same PS1 style, but it's like you you're a kid and your dad takes you back to your mom's house, 
and there's mm. like this there's like a very dark backstory that you kind of get through pieces but it mm-hmm. like you wake up in the morning and like i swear the light is exactly the same as how it is in that scene in house that sort of like early morning the sun is coming through and it's like kind of foggy and hazy mm-hmm. and like the way that the music i don't know it just made me think of of that hmm. like i guess i just really like that sort of aesthetic so like all those scenes of like the staged like backdrops and, and shit like that i was like i was into it i really like it yeah well i read um i guess this is why i was asking if you like looked in the background of it that um he actually so i guess i guess let's start from the beginning so basically this is this is japan's response to jaws they yeah. wanted a big jaws is like the first like summer blockbuster movie mm-hmm. like ever and they wanted their their own like version of it so they hired this dude who like didn't even work for toho which is why it took so long to be made because nobody else wanted to direct this and he couldn't direct it because he didn't work for toho uh even though they yeah even though they had him write it i think it was like he came up with the concept of like the house or like haunted house type thing i think but then he consulted his daughter his like 10 year old daughter at the time and he basically asked her what do you think would be interesting to see or what would be scary so she would tell him like like when she was playing the piano once or like if she made a mistake her teacher or instructor or whatever would like slap her hands and she said that it felt like it was like the piano like biting her or something like that mm-hmm. and, she, and then she'd be like I, it would be really scary if a piano ate me so like really childish ideas and stuff like that and uh she even has a credit in the in the credits <laughs> as as story consultant which i think is really cute that's good i like that yeah the, the so the whole movie like plays out like a child's fantasy in a way and the, mm. and the movie making really uh echoes that too and it's i think that's what makes those the even like the fake looking special effects still work because it's like it's so hyper fantasized and Mm -hmm. it's so like it's like a childlike or whatever so it's like that's how like a kid would see it or something i don't know just it, it works even when it doesn't look real and when it does look real it's still works like yeah 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 like what would be yeah what would be scary for like a little kid and then it's like the skeleton in the background that's like yeah dancing around or or uh i guess your head falling off into a well yeah that was another one that was her idea like i guess at her grandparents house they actually did like that's how they cooled the watermelon because they didn't have a refrigerator and Mm. she like had that thought i guess and (laughs) brought that to him the skeleton thing that you mentioned that's the stuff that like i think got the biggest like like laughing reaction out of me (laughs) because most of the major stuff i knew about the but like yeah when melody is playing at the piano and it does that like long pan around and then there's just the skeleton in the background dancing behind her (laughs) that was like one of the hardest i laughed at the movie it was great Yeah, it's it's a it's a barrage of very ridiculous scenarios. It's I don't know. It's very stylistic too in the way that it does it. Like, yeah. Because I we watched it. I think we watched it last fall after Travis was like, I just watched House. Like, you know, I hope it gets pulled. We got to watch it. And so we, I was just like, 
it, it, it kind of fit into like our spooky movie, you know, season. So we're like, yeah, screw it. Let's watch it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so seeing it a second time, I did forget about some of the insane shit that happens. But my first note was just about like the, t- the town song before they're about to go to the house. Yeah. And it, it was like, this sounds like a 1970s breakfast commercial. <laughs> like, like I could see this being a commercial f- for like Wheaties or, or Cheerios or something from back in the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got our, our main characters. It's like, is it seven girls? Six? Mm-hmm. It's got- seven specifically because I remember in, in the, I watched like the behind the scenes or like retrospective thing on the Blu-ray and he referenced seven samurai as yeah. being like why he chose seven girls. Yeah. Yeah. It says it in the book in like the, the, the liner of the movie too. I read it. It was like, you know, Kira Kurosawa had his seven samurai. And I think there was another example of another, like, or like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, I think was like the other yeah, example that, the that other. they used. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cause they're all kind of named similarly. Like there's dopey, there's mm-hmm. sleepy, but these ones are gorgeous prof Mac. Which I like Mac is just short for stomach. I, yeah, I did not know, like realize what that, I thought it was like Mac. Cause some people say, you know, you're like, Oh, you're like Macking on that. Yeah. That yeah. Burger or something like that. But yeah, it's short for stomach. <laughs> and, uh, they're the, the teacher. I just, I love that, uh, the whole time they're like mr togo he's so dreamy he's so dreamy and then it's a frumpy dude with mutton chops yeah i i wrote down when he popped i, I put that's the hot teacher yeah. <laughs> yeah it looks like fucking dwight yoakam or some shit yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah he does yeah apparently that band go Daigo. They're also like when they're there's like the group of dudes like kind of standing and clapping like at the bus station with them. That's the band. That's oh, their, their cameo. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So there's the the main the guy who did the score, who is actually the watermelon man. Um, yeah, yeah. He like wrote the themes and I guess the director wanted him to like do the whole thing, but another thing with him being like, I'm not gonna put my name to this movie sort of thing even though he's fucking in it yeah <laughs> um yeah. but i guess it was the thing like he he's like i'm a movie uh i make music for movies i'm not making music for this one but he wrote like some of the themes like he did the main theme uh the piano theme that plays like throughout the entire thing yeah <laughs> that was yeah <laughs> i played a lot <laughs> but that band I guess they actually did all the recordings. So, like, he wrote some of the melodies oh. and stuff, but they recorded all of the tracks and inclu- and then also their, like, co- serial commercial songs. Because they do the one in the... They would do the one during the credits, too, which is also, like, has vocals and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Oriental um, Melon Man. That's one of the songs. It's <laughs> good. And this is the thing. Like, if I... <laughs> Well, I mean, Travis, yeah, seems to really like this movie a lot. But the like, I ca- I was thinking of you know, Chunking Express and how it uses uh... California Dreamin', and I was like, it it was getting annoying <laughs> after a little while. And I was like, I was like, if I was Travis, I'd be like, oh, this movie is a two because they play this song a lot <laughs> and it annoys me. And like, the song was pretty it was pretty annoying at the end, just because it's so much yeah but i i still mostly like the movie you know like it yeah it's it's it might you know daca 
dock it a little bit, but you know, it's not like it ruined the movie or anything. And like, I liked it at first, but it's just that it's, it feels like it's almost constantly when there's yeah. not another song being played. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, yeah, the music is kind of its own character in this. Cause everyone seems to have their own little stinger. Like Kung Fu has hers. I love whenever, Kung Fu's. Yeah. yeah. Whenever she goes to like karate chop a door. It sounds like uh, it sounds like Thundercat a little bit, like with like the bass. Uh, like, well, I I I'm pretty sure it's, it's it's imitating like old kung fu music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, like yeah, movies at the time, but yeah, the like and, woodwind flute thing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like there's one that plays a little bit less often, but it's usually when like they all like run away from a room and they're running through the house, and it's just like yeah. I like that one too. Yeah, it's. I I wish there was more, uh, representation of the other tracks because every time there was a new track, I was like, oh, cool. like they were all very interesting. Yeah, you know. And then a minute later, we're back bing, with bing, bing. the with up. The, I the piano. I said that sounded a lot like the the up theme. Oh. I was just missing a note or two because it had like the dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Something like that. I might have just done the up song. It's very similar. It's just like yeah. take away a note or two. For, it made me think of uh I could I can't place it, but it made me think of a song from Paper Mario. Hmm. Like it had I feel like it had the same instrumentation. May it might have been it might be the Excess Express from Thousand Year Door. Okay. Like when you're on the train. Yeah. You have to think. Yeah, no, I, no, no. It might be Poshley Heights. Hold on. Yeah, I can definitely hear that. That that main dun 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 mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, like simple childlike melody. Yeah. Which I guess it's a recurring theme Makes in the sense. movie. Yeah. My other note was like lizard jump scare. Which there's these the it's like when they yeah. first get to the house and like she turns on the chandelier just a random fucking yeah. and she like kicks one of the crystals from the chandelier and it goes into the wall and then like one just like <laughs> lands through a lizard and like the cat goes and starts eating it yeah just these random ass like reality breaking moments that happen uh did yeah. you did you also think of the uh, piano from super mario 64 when it was eating her I didn't. I can't believe I didn't. No. I wonder, that, like, I wonder if that's an inspiration for that game. Because I think I, I think House was like a big movie. In, like, it was. I, I, yeah. I don't think it was as big as, you know, like Jaws. Because obviously they're, they're a little different. Yeah. But I wonder if that was like sort of an... Because that is in like a Haunted Mansion level. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it said it was a commercial success, but not critical. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the the insert said that it was like the it was like the b movie in a double feature yeah like yeah. you'd go see this movie and then like this would be like the the ooh, the midnight you know mm-hmm. spook fest yeah yeah which those types of, like horror movies or like spooky movies kind of struggle in terms of like being um regarded like mm-hmm. horror movies are never like up for any academy awards kind of thing yeah yeah they're hard to be like taken seriously as an art form oh yeah the super mario thing i didn't think of that but um i did and i actually had to look it up because i was really trying to see if if it was inspired by this and i don't think it was 
I, I, from what I understand, it's just like an old Japanese folktale. But there's the part where I think it's Melody is in the bathroom and somebody's outside, maybe fantasy. And she like sticks her hand out the door and she's like, oh, I think she says I need toilet paper or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like the hand in Majora's, Majora's mask. mask. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's an old, well, it's taken from this one. I'm not sure. It could be, it could be both that Zelda took the inspiration from. Because all I saw was that there's an old Japanese folktale about Hanako-san, which is just a hand in the toilet that grabs you when you sit on it, basically. Okay, okay. I don't think I saw anything about it, the toilet paper. So I wonder, they maybe got that from this. Because it's like the same thing. Like she does, like this, the way that she kind of like floats her yeah. hand like that and then says that. I'm not sure. He- there could be more that says more specifically about the folktale, but... I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if... Because I think this movie is also very pop culture heavy. I mean, there are things that we don't get as an American audience. Sure. But from, like, reading the liner notes, um, I, I think there were, like, a few references to um, some big stars at the time. Like, mm. there were two... Like, you know how when we have, like, uh, Hollywood power couples, we, like... You know, it's like Brad, Brad Jelena... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there was um, in the liner notes it said that there was like an actor and actress who like appeared in movies a lot together and they were like collectively known as like like Domo Tomo as like kind of like a like a combination of their two names okay. and I think there was some sort of reference to them or like characters that looked like them in a scene so I okay. mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie influenced like Japanese pop culture in a way that like you know people that worked on mario and zelda at the time they're probably like oh yeah like i I got into game design and storytelling because i love movies and house is one of my favorite movies that you know they like they pay homage to it yeah yeah this does seem like something that could inspire like any filmmaker (laughs) just because there's it's got just so much going on and really cool like really interesting editing most of which work. There's only one scene where I was like, okay, let's go. And it's, it was Melody's death like that. And that's one of the most famous deaths or most well-known deaths in the movie getting eaten by the piano. But like, yeah, it went on for too long. For <laughs> like there was too much shit there. <laughs> that was the one t- case where I was like, let's get past this. I, I get it. It's wacky. This movie is wacky. Yeah. Okay. And then she like ends it with like looking at her naked torso and be like, oh, so naughty. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's just, okay. <laughs> Should have ended this like 20 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. There is a sort of weirdly like voyeuristic aspect of this movie that it's like they're all like supposed to be high school aged girls and like they all. <laughs> or like either like scantily clad naked yeah. yeah yeah and the only one that doesn't is kung fu who's like in underwear for yeah th- the whole movie yeah she like doesn't she fight off she fight off she fights off something and i think her skirt rips and then it's like okay well i guess she's there's there's definitely it, like an upskirt shot too like i think is there? when yeah it's like it's like they're under and it's like glass and it's just like okay yeah all right yep yeah but that's i feel like that's also part of 
I don't know if it's part of Japanese culture, like the whole school up, upskirt yeah, schoolgirl shit. Like at least in like <sighs> anime, I feel like that's like a a big thing. Well, there was a part. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know why it, why it's like that in particular, but oh, but yeah. Apparently, there's because there's a part at the end, the climax of the movie when it's fantasy is the only one left. Yeah. And she sees gorgeous like on the steps, and then there's like the shot. It's it's kind of like the like Virgin Mary with I don't know if that's what it was trying mm-hmm. to do but like the Pieta like imagery yeah. and she has like an exposed gorgeous like one of her boobs are out yeah and I guess uh she was really nervous about doing doing that scene so the chick that played the aunt she just like took her like she wasn't in the scene but like she was on set so like to kind of in a way to in solidarity or whatever she like took off her top oh okay. and be like you know see Ooh. now now it's not just you sort of thing and that kind of oh. gave her like the confidence boost to be able to do that and then the director said that like he i don't even remember where this was because i guess i only really remember the girls the the teenagers being the ones who were naked at any yeah. time <laughs> um but he said that he they added in a scene with the ant topless because he liked her boobs so much. <laughs> he was like, he was like, you have mag- you have wonderful breasts. Can we put that in a scene now? Basically. Oh my god! And well, he, feel- and he said that like it was just like normal, like yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like it was weird. At the end, wasn't it kind of flashing between them? Like, when she's on the steps, it was kind of flashing between Gorgeous oh, and the ant. So, I think okay. that might have been in there. Okay. Then, yeah, she, like, it. crawls up and, like, she puts her head on her chest and, like, calls her yeah. mommy or something like that. I yeah, think. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that that might be it. Yeah. But, yeah, the <laughs> melody being eaten by the piano. And, like, doesn't that happen? It happens, in, again, I think when Kung, when Kung Fu dies... Like, I feel like her arms and legs go flying and then, like, it reminded me a lot of, like, some Evil Dead 2 kind of, like, like, prop uh, comedy. Like, Mm -hmm. the the drawer, like, opens and shuts because I noticed that happened a few times, almost like, uh, I can only describe it as, like, like YouTube poop, like, when you're, (laughs) like, kind of scrubbing back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. with like like one of the king of the hills where he'll be like ah, ah, ah. like there, there's like the the part where uh uh mr what's togo. his name again togo togo like i think when he gets he, he there's a scene where he's like getting bonked on the head but it's just like the same oh, yeah. the same one bonk like in it like reverse yeah. like really quickly back and forth this it's like particularly with mr togo is where they just get like he is like not He's like desynced from reality or something like that because he especially is just like always weirdly edited. Like he trips over the oh, it's Blanche. He trips over Blanche like going down the steps. Oh, the bucket. And then it's that weird like stop motion. Yeah, yeah. And then he's yeah, and he like goes, eating ramen with a bear. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That I was like, like bear, yeah. We got. I can't remember. I I don't remember the order, but there was some. You know, some wacky shit at the house. And Cleo was like, I hate this movie. And then and then it got to... And again, like, I... She didn't know anything about... Like, I hadn't... I feel like you do kind of need to prep people for this movie. Yeah. And I wasn't necessarily planning on her 
watching like showing any up of to it. watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But then it got to that part with him eating with the bear, and she's like, okay, I like this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then his fate is uh, ultimately he gets turned into bananas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Yeah, isn't he? Because he goes up to I I can't I can't remember that scene because he he just like goes up to the watermelon man, and they're just like yelling at each other for a while, and then he's like, "Do you like watermelons?" And he's like, "No, bananas, bananas." <laughs> and then uh, the watermelon man turns into a skeleton, <laughs> and then Mister Togo yeah. turns into bananas. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not a really like I like how it's 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 funnier the way that it's done too where. I think you just see Mr. Togo, like, fall over into his car, and then there's, like, 20 more mi- maybe not 20, because this movie is really short. There's, like, 10 more minutes of, like, you get through the whole climax, and then it comes to the stepmom, like, arriving at the house, and there's just a pile of bananas in the car. Yeah, well, it's, like, <laughs> with his shape sitting like on top. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, shaped <laughs> like a body, and so it's, like, oh, okay, well, he just yeah. got turned into bananas. Yep. And at that point, you're like, all right, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> After everything else you've seen, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. Yeah. I, keep, I, keep, I keep like sidetracking myself and talk about other stuff because, again, there's a lot to talk about. But um, next to like, the, the crazy editing is like, and I guess kind of also goes hand-in-hand hand with like, special effects too, but like, like really cool in-camera effects and stuff. Like, uh, instant, like first scene, there's like the... I they're doing their little Instagram shoot because it's in yeah. like the four by three uh-huh. and they're doing like uh, a shoot and then there's a panning shot of I think gorgeous and she's like walking to the side and then she gets to a point where it like snaps and she matches with the background mm-hmm. and then she keeps moving and like the picture and picture the Instagram thing like disappears and like that was like okay this that's that was like my moment like early on where I was like okay cool this movie's gonna be cool because yeah. I just I thought that was so it was just really cool it, like how they how they matched that up and stuff and I, I, I watched it back and I don't even remember now if it was the same shot I think it had to have been the same shot because it was like too perfect but it was yeah. so cool it still kind of surprised me yeah um, there's a lot of I don't know I, I guess I appreciate when a movie does stuff like that like the in-camera tricks but also i guess when the editing itself almost becomes like a character the way that it the way that Mm -hmm. they they'll do like that sort of like i forget what it's called i it makes me think of uh from (laughs) passion of the lynch when travis spits in my mouth where like you see the same the same reaction the same scene done like from three different angles and it's sort of like kind of messes with like the flow of time i guess mm-hmm. how you would think in in the, the the context of the movie but that happens a few times i feel like where it'll like it'll just do these weird like cuts to like different characters and it's kind of jarring but it's kind of cool how they do it to like yeah give the movie like a certain feel or like whenever it, like it would just like the screen would go black and like just blanche would be circled out <laughs> yeah i like that cat also there's a yeah i I really, I meant, I, I, I really needed to like at least scrub through this movie again before doing this because there's a lot of stuff from like I don't 100% remember. There's a close up of Blanche at the end, and I think, I think it is what, uh, there's like a meme image. Yes. You know yep. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. 
is it like, the exact same one? Yeah, the like shaking. I, I'm pretty sure because I think I lo- I've always loved that shot. I think I that think meme. that's someone has been like someone has tagged me in that as like you know the cats when you come home from work, and it's like a <laughs> looping image of the cat like doing that face. I'm yeah, you know what? I'm pretty sure that is because I that's yeah awesome. I watched it last night and I was like holy shit. I think that's a meme. That's so funny that that like came from house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've always thought that cat was really cute, and I was like, oh, it's Blanche, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why when I watched it, because it's just goddamn that that whole the sequence is like so fucking nutty. It's like it's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, people compared it to, uh, or or in the liner notes, someone talked about it like. The Shining, like the scene when uh, the elevator opens and like blood goes pouring out, that's kind of oh, similar. Yeah. Again, it's like almost like Evil Deady pre. I mean, pre Evil Dead, the way that like everything in the house just like starts, you know, animating, and then the blood starts shooting out of the the cat's mouth, and like everything kind of comes alive, and then it floods in. Yeah, yeah. There's even a part where that made me think of the Evil Dead where. Yeah, there's a, there's a part where it just like shows a few inanimate objects just like moving, and then like some drawers just like open and close, and yeah, yeah. like really quick. And but yeah, that was like very like the scene when or whatever. Yeah, when like the uh, the mounted deer comes to life and starts yelling. Yeah, and, like Ash <laughs> starts laughing, and like you see everything start to animate. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that like there's the part where Kung Fu is inside the light. And you basically see all of the girls' tits. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like, yeah, it's I, just, like I just got to the part with Blanche. <laughs> it's like uh, then, <laughs> they have to do a curtain call on all of their boobs. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm that that the flood the blood flood scene though too is like even that's because like they would have had to have built like an enclosed like space for that and then literally they're f- flooding it with with this yeah. fake blood or whatever also in that scene is another cool trick that i learned from the behind the scenes thing that uh how they how they showed um prof dissolving in the blood there was like they had her suspended like in front of a blue screen and they just poured blue paint on her <laughs> <laughs> to like, so that she like oh that's cool went into the background yeah yeah really yeah, there's really creative stuff like that and oh and the way that he just like they're they were referencing that when they were talking about a couple other effects too and like they basically came up with these ways to depict stuff like that um like on the spot like on the day and he was like you know, and we didn't really have computers back then, so I didn't really know if these would work. And he said that they tried some other ones that ended up like not working, and they would have to like redo it or just like cut it out or whatever. Um, which is which makes me want to be like, oh, well, what other shit did you guys try? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I, I want to like if they tried it again or if they did it a different way, could they have gotten it to work better? Right. Yeah, I feel like for movies back in the day i feel like green screens weren't really like utilized like if if they were it was probably just to like put in like a backdrop of 
like a really quick like a really quick like cutaway to something but this they use like green screens and like chroma keys and shit like that mm-hmm. very very creatively like there's the part where the ant is like jumping around in the rafters and it's oh, like yeah. you can tell you can tell she's like cgi'd in there or yeah. not cgi but like green screened in there yeah, yeah. But i was like the fact that they were able to like do that and it looks pretty good for 1977 you know, mm-hmm. I kind of gave it a pass. It's like they could do this in 1977, but with who killed Captain Alex, they still <laughs> have him like jumping around like that on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. But that also, like I said, like with the sky, like Matt shit, like, yeah, it it still works for the it's movie. It's like, yeah, it's a stylistic even. choice. Like they're, they're not going for like super realistic looking, you know, green screen shit. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, yeah obviously i i think even back then like if they were trying to go like full realism like they can make it look a little bit better than this (laughs) if if they were trying to yeah um because i mean this is toho which is like the biggest i want to say still like that's like not disney in the sense of like their content but as far as like how big of like a it's like it's like the big the big one studio or japanese production company right because it's also the one that did kurosawa's movies and godzilla and stuff like that so right i noticed they had uh the painting christina's world in gorgeous's bedroom which i feel like was on purpose wait what um, is that christina's world it's an andrew wyeth painting i guess it represents it's like a it's a it's like a dreamy oh. sort of painting i don't know i feel like that was supposed to like kind of that was done intentionally to be like oh you know it's like because it's about like a or it kind of represents i guess a longing for i don't know i feel like I'm, I'm putting too much emphasis on something like that like i i meant to just mention it as like a side thing like oh hey i noticed uh they had that yeah. painting in there and i think it was on purpose but i also don't i'm trying i i don't really think that you're supposed to like think super like m- deep about yeah. stuff like that in this movie but well i mean it could it kind of work because for gorgeous it is kind of a coming of age movie in like a very very abstract sense because like it what what sets everything off is her her father who's like a film composer uh who's (laughs) said he's better he's better than uh morricone which is which is funny yeah yeah uh it's it's kind of glossed over but you know he he says okay well this is your new mom i've met somebody and gorgeous is like no i'm going to my aunt's house and that's kind of what sets everything off yeah and like i don't know that 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 painting being in her room and then her character arc kind of you know i, I could see it yeah I'm, I'm not saying there's there's no reason for that to be there i'm just saying like i don't know if i if i should like pick apart stuff like that like, like well why was it in there yeah yeah I I really uh, really appreciate the movie for all its technical merits. Um, it's a very fun movie to watch. Um, I think I was thinking this would be a great movie to watch with a group of friends. Similar but different in the way to like a good dud movie or Spud. Um, but with the knowledge that by the end of it there's a good chance that one of your friends is going to hate the movie and hate you for making you watch, <laughs> making them watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick. I guess I'll go with a solid number with this. I think I'll go with 
I'm I'm really I'm it's I'm between seven point five and eight on this. Uh-huh. Um, I th- I feel like as a movie watching experience, it's it's around a seven or seven point five. But mm-hmm. with all the other shit, everything else I appreciate about it, I'll I'll move it up to an eight. I guess. Okay. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. Because uh, you know, I I'll still count that towards yeah you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm pretty much at a seven as well ish. Um I think yeah, creatively it's it's insane what they were able to do with like mm-hmm. limited technology and like the, the cool workarounds with how they were able to get the uh you know, the outcome that they wanted with sort of in in house camera or in camera effects and special effects and how they were able to do all that. Mm-hmm. Uh it's 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 insane. Uh, as a movie going experience, yeah, I would say I'm not I'm not gonna like I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna watch a movie. This is mm-hmm. probably not gonna be at, like the top of my list of stuff to go to. Mm-hmm. But as a uh, you know watch with your friends or or watch around like Halloween season, it's like a, it's like a the, you know it's like a themed kind of movie like that where like I would easily throw that in with my rotation of oh like, yeah you know Halloween you know autumnal movies. And but that being said, a lot of those movies that I watch don't typically make it out of like that rotation. Mm-hmm. Like I'll still watch like The Thing because I think that movie stands up on its own. But it's also like yeah. a good, you know, creature feature or horror movie to watch around Halloween times. So all that being said, yeah, I'm I'm at a seven with it. Watch it with your friends. It's a super trippy experience, um, and it's it's pretty damn good. Yeah, I forget that like seven is good. Seven is like really good in our rating scale. Yeah, I know. I I do too. I uh, this is the thing. Like I'm looking at it again. And I'm like I feel like I should go down to a seven point. I'm gonna go down to a seven point five. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I do that a lot. Cause yeah, you're right. Right. Like I was thinking like like that was like too harsh, but it does feel right. At the same time, like if it was purely just on a like respect standpoint, it's like a nine. It's like it's super high. Yeah. It's just that like yeah, like you said as a movie, it is it is something. It's very unique, <laughs> but it's not like something that I'm going to rush out to see, but also it's very special and it's like yeah. Seeing that like our composite score is going to be a 7.25, it f- kind of feels wrong in a way for this movie and like the 7s kind of feel wrong, but also I don't know, like I want I want to say it's like it's a 7 7.5 and yet I feel like everybody should watch it kind of movie. Yeah. Like anybody who likes who who's a cinephile. Yeah. Anybody who likes movies, this is like a must watch, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, especially like standouts in a genre or like innovators and pioneers mm-hmm. of certain aspects of filmmaking. Like this is one that you should see. As mm-hmm. a, if you are a cinema lover and like an artist and you like making movies and shit, this is something you should see. Yeah the concept of like a house eating a group of girls i don't th- i don't know if it's ever been done this like interest like literally like the different ways that the house consumes yeah. them it's like oh yeah that's that you like actually using like mattresses and like elements of the house to actually mm-hmm. like them is is uh, really cool speaking of really cool yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) I think we're back 
Yeah, I'm thinking we're back. We recently got, um, well, we had Apple TV on in the on the TV in our bedroom, but I don't really, I don't know. I'm not a bedroom guy, so I don't like like I go to my bedroom to sleep, <laughs> so I don't really like watching TV in the bedroom that much. Uh, but we just got it on the TV downstairs. I guess like Kelly thought that we couldn't get it for some reason, but then we did. But anyways. Uh, we got it to watch Severance, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but then after after we finished Severance, we started watching uh, the newest um, Attenborough documentary, David okay. Attenborough documentary, um, which I've been wanting to see for a while because I love I watch like all of that shit. I just fucking eat that shit up. I'm really interested in this one because it's like different. It's prehistoric planet, and it's have you? I'm assuming you've seen like Planet Earth. Or like, have you seen I have not seen a lot of like Earth nature documentaries. I know of David Attenborough. He's like a, I know like he's a soft spoken like British guy, right? Like that's kind mm-hmm. of the whole deal. Yeah. Uh, haven't actually seen any of them, but I get the gist, I suppose. Okay, well, it's yeah, it's it's a, it's exactly like Planet Earth. It's nature style documentary. Uh, whereas in those they you know they film animals and he'll narrate over like oh this is a mm-hmm. you know a mountain lion and she's caring for her cubs and she needs to go get food to feed them and also a lot of times there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens because that's nature yeah <laughs> um especially in I think the previous one uh before prehistoric planet I don't he always i always think that i've ca- like i say that i've seen everyone but i know that there's some that i haven't because i'll always be like oh it's the new one and then there'll actually have been like one or two <laughs> in between the last one I'm like oh fuck okay um but the last one he did for netflix was our planet and that was like all about basically the human impact oh. on nature and so up- it up- uplifting stuff very uplifting but that it's it sucks to watch He's like he's a major like conservancy like mm-hmm. uh proponent and like animal rights like dude. So he's he does like he does shit like this specifically to be like, yeah, look at it. Like Yeah, yeah. See what see what we have wrought upon right. the world. I still hate it. I still hate one. <laughs> <laughs> and um but anyways, so anyways, a uh, prehistoric planet is that, but uh dinosaurs the really cool thing is that like they didn't it's not all cgi like they still shot it in the same like they went out to all these different locations right and they got all these shots irl and then using and then basically consulting with like paleontologists and shit construct all of the all of the creatures that you see from the ground up because it's all dinosaurs which uh, aren't alive anymore um (laughs) so but it says like all of the shit that they like depict in it is like based on science like um and they have like little behind the scenes things like showing it like how did you know how did we find this out that we could say that you know oh like in the like one of the first things you see is like a t-rex swimming with her with her kids and it's like oh we can prove that t-rex could swim by these things and you know this evidence and stuff it doesn't go into that in the episode the episode is presented like it's a nature documentary filming like today that's, and he's, that's awesome. he's doing he's doing commentary like he would for any of his other documentaries like, like he's actually observing them like in real life exactly that's awesome yeah exactly 
And yeah, it's it's really really cool. Like hands down the best uh CGI of like dinosaurs at least in like a TV show because a lot of like TV shows with dinosaurs especially like look like shit. Yeah. Um there's a couple moments it's not like 100% uh it's not 100% fidelity the entire time, but I am surprised how good it looks and they they just they utilize lighting and everything really well to make it look realistic. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know, it's as far as like CGI trying to imitate like life, it is the best that I think maybe I've ever seen. And like not just in like how it looks but how they act. Like there's moments where you're watching it and you have to remind yourself like oh shit like this this isn't actually happening but it's like the way that they act it's like this is how animals act right you know it's really cool like you can tell the amount of effort they put into researching what they're what the shit they're talking about and making it feel real and like they do they feel like real animals and you're like it it it's it's an interesting way to like put them in put dinosaurs in perspective just like yeah, they're animals. Like that's that's right. all they are. They're just like any other animal. And right, uh, right. we haven't finished it yet, but you know, I'm assuming the rest of the series will be the same. Um, is it like a multi-part series, or is it like one it, long? It's, it's five episodes. Okay, okay. Um, they usually that's how they usually are, like shortish seasons like that, and they'll each each episode is a different uh, biome. Oh, okay. so there's like oceans forests deserts ice worlds and wetlands are are the ones for this one um and it'll just you know the different dinos that are that are in those a lot of babies being eaten because that's what (laughs) that's what usually happens in (laughs) in like the real ones Uh, yeah there hasn't been anything as fucked up as like some of the the some like it's still like a bummer to see that but at least you're like okay that is the circle of life that's that's nature and everything man knowing Um, all that stuff really makes me wish that i could implant a chip in my brain so i didn't i don't know i was trying i i I was gonna mention (laughs) yeah speaking of yeah speaking of uh like having blank spaces we just had to cut out a chunk where i talk about all the fucked up stuff that david Attenborough forces on his viewers uh I still highly recommend them. They're amazing pieces of like nature documenting. Um, just be prepared that you're probably going to be bummed out uh, at least a couple times per series. But I think prehistoric planet is a good. Um, it's a good primer because it's it's not happening for real, you yeah. know. Yeah, and the worst that has happened is that you know predator eating prey. There hasn't been anything like worse than that. I don't know if he's gonna force that in. I hope not, because then it is just like, hey, come on, you, you didn't get, have you to get do off this. on this, don't you, David? You yeah. like this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now the severance reference. Yeah, f- forgot. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, yeah, we we both watched Severance. We both. It seemed like we ate it up pretty quick. Yep. Oh yeah, um, we we watched like the last three last night. Yeah, I think, I think we watched. Uh, I think we finished it the day before. Okay. No, last night it was Saturday. I don't know, Thursday or Friday. I think we finished it, and there was like four episodes that we watched like all at once. Yeah. Well, it was. It's very good at like ending on 
such a cliffhanger or ending on such a like tease that you're like i i need to know what happens next it's more just like for me it's just it's just really fun to watch like even yeah. if it wasn't a cliffhanger it's just like i just want to i want to see more of this it was, mm-hmm. it was really cool i uh the first episode too i was like i said to kalia i was like this is like in a way i don't know if you've seen this movie but it was giving me major uh secret life of walter mitty vibes um, oh have you seen I, that movie no i know i know of it but i haven't seen it okay um i know who's the main star of that movie yeah he also directed it mm-hmm. and that that's why i was bringing it as so i was like oh it's it's directed by ben stiller who also directed walter yeah. mitty um which i think as a i think walter mitty kind of has like a sort of mixed ratings but that's like a personal favorite of mine i absolutely love that movie so for me that's a good sign I, i'm just saying like some people might think that that's like a detriment but it, from coming from me comparing it to walter mitty is a good thing yeah i love that movie and it's like it has the same walter mitty is not it's not a sci-fi or anything like that but it has a the same sort of like sterile feel that yeah. this one does and the comedy is like it feels like straight out of walter mitty all the comedy that's in, mm. that's in the show um and the kind of like blending of comedy with the the drama aspects too right. is um very very like walter mitty too i think that that also kind of helped me get get roped in because i just i really like the the vibe of that movie and the show we you know after um james and charlie were on the show recommended it <laughs> And then mm-hmm. you also said, I think at the end of the uh, whatever, the other recording that we did, you said that it was really good. We were like, all right, we'll get Apple TV Plus to watch this. And yeah, mm-hmm. we were pretty much hooked immediately. Adam Scott is so old. <laughs> I know, he's 49. That is crazy. Was, yeah. Because I'm, I'm used to like Parks and old. Rec, Adam Scott. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit. But um, yeah, we, we pretty much, we binged it, which goes against everything that i believe in but <laughs> we, we couldn't help it i don't know how i yeah i don't know if you haven't seen it don't listen because I, d- I don't want to not be able to talk about every aspect of the show so yeah <laughs> uh yeah so yeah skip like i don't know 10 minutes 30 minutes ahead yeah. and we'll- <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think the supporting cast is great too uh yeah i think his name is zach cherry who plays dylan dylan yes. yeah i think I was like, oh shit, it's the dude from Succession. That's he, Zach Cherry? He, uh, when I Roman. Thought he looks familiar. When was... Roman goes to, like, work at the theme park. Uh huh. Very briefly, and, like, he gets partnered up with someone and they have to, like, put together exactly. a presentation. Yeah. And, like, I think he plays okay. a similar character. He's like, hell yeah, dude, I want to win this competition, kind of <laughs> thing. Which is, is yeah, his whole character is, like, he has, like, his little cup of like finger traps and all of like the yeah the shitty <laughs> yeah. corporate office i love all perks. the references to that yeah yeah where he's like yeah he's like flexing like yeah i know i'm better than you because i have more finger traps or whatever <laughs> like that yeah. kind of stuff yeah um, like they're all bought and sold into the whole structure of like these essentially like the the meme of like oh oh you you have shitty work conditions here's a pizza party like that that's yeah. kind of like what it seems to be satirizing a little bit yeah and i guess getting like right into spoilers now because uh you're re- referencing uh succession that's immediately when you see who heli actually is her audi yeah. i was like oh she's just she's a roy now 
she's she's one of them <laughs> yeah yeah and it i don't know if like people saw that coming or not but i feel like there were a decent amount of reveals in the show that like it were i like, totally didn't see that coming me away like the reveal that his wife is actually miss casey the wellness coordinator which that one i did know a, a little ahead i was like i kind of called that one not not like super early on but like before the reveal interesting um, i guess what made you think that i i don't know it was just some sh- just like throughout the season there i think it was just like a, enough mentions or something like that mm-hmm. enough little like side comments where i was like <laughs> i don't think i i wouldn't say i 100 percent knew or anything right. i wasn't saying that but like i i had a guess and then for sure when they sh- somebody shows the picture of her to somebody else but it's out of focus uh-huh. you can't see the picture and i was like it's her 100 percent. interesting because there is there is like the offhand line when uh miss cobell is with his sister and like she's kind of telling him like you know oh yeah he got the job because his wife died in a car accident and he tried to go back to teaching and couldn't do it and she says oh does he ever think that he sees her like you know because that's like a thing yeah, that, like, like that might have been one yeah because there's like you know that's like a real thing where like you know when you're grieving like sometimes you'll think that you see somebody and it's like oh no that's not who it is but yeah, in this right. case yeah which i i'm i'm curious how what they're gonna do with like a second season because they've like broken protocol so much that like i don't know if they're just gonna go back into the office or i was i was literally i was talking with james for like like an hour about like the show (laughs) last night before we left and yeah that's kind of what i was wondering too because like the one that that i compared it to and i think he might have said this too on the show maybe i I don't know i feel like we've talked about enough times i should remember have you watched watchmen the show no fuck (laughs) should get on that (laughs) okay really but so i won't go specifically but the way that that show ends uh-huh. And when they were making the season, I guess they were like, they kind of had the, they were like, yeah, we might make another season. We might not. And then when it finished and they wrapped up, they were just like, we're not going to make another season. Like the showrunners just decided they're like, yeah, we're good. We're not going to do another one, which on the one hand, it's like, I want more of that show. But on the other hand, it's like, is it going to ruin a good thing? Especially with like the, cause the movie or the show ends with like on a, cliffhanger sort of it's more like a question Mm -hmm. something happens and it's like either this happens or this happens it's one of two things yeah and it's like it's better to not know in my opinion yeah i I like i like that the show ended where it did because either answer that you get it's just like okay yeah And, and and then like where do they go from there i guess it's like it's funny because it's like either answer whether it's a or b is like less satisfying than not getting an answer and i wouldn't say that with this i wouldn't say that like i definitely want to know the answer to like yeah what happens after this one but i do i am kind of worried of like can they keep the momentum going like they did with like watchmen i was like i was also worried like i don't know if they would be able to keep the momentum going of that story and of the excitement if they did a second season and this one is like it didn't feel like a finale, but it felt like they could do like three more episodes and then that could be it. So I'm like, 
a whole other season. Yeah, I'm, there's like I'm interested to see. Yeah, there's like how they're gonna ten, ten, nine or ten more episodes ordered. So, yeah. I mean, I want to say that I and trust maybe them more. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I I would trust them to like end it after like the story is done. I would hope so. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because like yeah, because if you just milk it indefinitely, you get like a Walking Dead type situation where it's just like, or or a or a lost. Which yeah, yeah. Could have been like a season or two shorter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was really smart of them to not show any of their outies until like the very end. Because mm-hmm. the whole that was like on my mind the whole time. I was like, okay, we're seeing we're seeing Mark inside and out, and it's obviously like he's the protagonist. That's like the main focus of the show, so it's, it makes sense that we would see that. But it's like there's like the one episode where they where Mr. Milchick, who I was waiting for him to break bad the whole show, and he didn't. I was what like, what do you mean? I mean, it's a she's a oh, you mean like against Lumen? Yes, like turn good. Oh, I was okay. like, I wasn't sure if he was gonna do it. Because there was, like, the sequence where he gets Dylan in his, like... He, like, basically has that protocol thing, and he makes Dylan, like, sever. Over... The overtime... The... Yeah. is like, OTS or something like that. Yeah. Like, all, I love all the, like, nonsense corporate jargon that they, yeah, like, the, yeah. uh, the Lumen has. Because I was like, oh, who does Milchik have, like, uh, like, flipping the switches to, like, bring him back? Uh-huh. I was like, oh, maybe because like he does that without Cobell's approval. So I was like, oh, okay, he's kind of going against the yeah. grain a little bit. What was he? Uh, why did he, he do stole, that again? He stole like the flash card from uh, O and D. It looked okay. Like, there were like those little yeah. cards, and it looked like combat instructions. Okay, which is yeah, funny because yeah, like yeah. Th- that was like a whole thing. They're like, oh yeah, O and D did a coup against Lumen. And then, like, yeah. he's looking at it, and he kind of, he does, like, he does that thing where he, like, leans his hand back and, like, sneaks and puts it in his pocket. And then Milchik's like, you took this, where did you hide it? Yeah. And that's when he that's discovers right. that his Audi has a son, and that kind of, like, for, with each character, there's, like, a an instance that, like, sets them against Lumen. Like, same with, like, Irving, when they took away uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, Bert. Yeah. Which, John Turturro, uh, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, Kalia was like, she's like, why is he like the best part of everything that he's in? <laughs> yep. It's like, yeah, he really is. Yep. He's just, yeah, he's fantastic. Because like another show that I love, uh, that he is amazing, and I think probably my favorite performance of his is uh, uh, the night of. It's fucking great in that show. Okay. He like steals the show. Um, and then he's also in the Batman too, and he's he's great in that the the new one. <laughs> um. I'm sure. I won't say anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's just he's really funny. He's like he's he's one of the best actors at like injecting like the right amount of comedy into mm-hmm. like like he, like a serious thing. and like everybody does a good job. But I just think like in anything he's in, he's he's so good at that mm-hmm. injecting mm-hmm. comedy into even something like The Night of, which is a very serious show. <laughs> it's very very serious. Um, but there's like comedic elements and he's, he's really good at that. Yeah. And, and then I guess with Heli, her instance to turn against them is the fact that she's there like yeah. at all. <laughs> Cause she like instantly is like not cool with it, which to me seems like 
the response that literally anybody would have right which i think it's i think it's the way that they like kind of coach and i like that they they pin it on well i mean mark kind of does it to himself but he's like oh i messed up the the welcome Mm -hmm. thing or something is like that's why she's like broken or whatever because i because i didn't say like i didn't do the preamble welcome yeah i didn't do the preamble that was it yeah but i think it's that way and like if you don't have any memories like that and like i guess if you think that that job is like all that there is maybe it wouldn't seem as bad like to me i'm thinking like oh my god if i was only at work 100 percent of the time i would fucking kill myself right like <laughs> um but maybe if like if you are the any and that's all you know yeah. that's all you have knowledge of i don't know maybe it it just it changes your it yeah. changes it for you so, but I, I don't know yeah well and that's and that's why everything in there is so regulated because as soon as you start to learn about like the outside world like your your natural curiosity kicks in and then that you know that's when they start to rebel which yeah. i i thought the the sort of uh the t- uh god well, i'm trying to think of the word the like the dichotomy of like Rickon where like oh yeah on the outside Mark is just like super dismissive of him because he's mm-hmm. like this you know pompous oh, yeah. philosopher <laughs> like kind of like dipshit like new age guru moron but like yeah. on the inside he gets his book and it's like the book is badly written it's bad yeah but like inside in any Mark is like this it's like he's it's like he discovered the communist manifesto yeah because it's like talking yeah, about like the workplace so and like good. it's like you are not your job kind of shit and like when when like they get the switch at the party in like the last episode and he like he he recognizes rick and almost just like oh my god i know oh my <laughs> god so... he, your book changed my life and he's just like mark please don't you don't need to infantilize me and he's like no i'm serious oh yeah yeah that was so great that whole intro to philosophy level writing yeah the fact that like from his perspective he's like oh my god like i am like i am meeting the one celebrity like he's like what are the chances (laughs) that i would i would meet the one like my idol and And it's yeah i think there's even like a line he's like he's my brother-in-law like he's like I get to be related to this guy. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and God, I kept thinking Patricia Arquette's character was—I didn't think it was Patricia Arquette at first. I thought it was—I actually mm. thought it was the actress who plays uh, Doctor Melfi from The Sopranos, his therapist. His therapist. Okay, yeah, and I, I do know that person. I do know that character. Lorraine Bracco, I think her name is, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, she's in Goodfellas. Yeah okay but uh i i was gonna mention and like this was more apparent in the the yeah the last episode i i don't i don't think i've ever thought that Patricia charquette is like a good actor and i still don't <laughs> like when she's like tearing up her room at the end and she's like cry- i don't know it's like so it's like it she it's like she tried it and for like the first time she had to like do this like crying like emotional shit in dream warriors and she has stuck with that level of (laughs) 
like cry emotion so she is when i see her crying in this it's like and it wasn't even like that was the first movie i'd seen of her so i'm not basing this yeah, i think yeah. probably the first thing i saw her in was holes and, but even when she's just like normal it's just, i don't know n- nothing she's like she's the weak link i would say in the cast mm. in my opinion where i just like wasn't vibing and then yeah when she's got to have her big freak out at the end i was like Ugh. i'm just <laughs> seeing fucking Kristen from <laughs> from dream warriors <laughs> Oh uh, man, you should watch uh, Lost Highway. She's in that quite a bit, and I think she oh, does. Oh yeah, that's right. It's been a while since I've seen it, but she does. A, I think she does a lot of similar stuff like that. Yeah, that Lynchian like kind of overacting, mm-hmm. you know, like extreme emotional responses to things. Yeah, <laughs> cautiously optimistic for a second season. I yeah, wanna, I want to yeah. trust the writers. I want to trust the process, yeah. but for sure, yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, I I am more optimistic than not it's just Mm -hmm. yeah like i said just a little little cautious because it would be bum oh it would be a bummer for this to you know i guess like like game of thrones is like a big thought Mm. where it's like you know such a cool like build up most of the show and then like where it leads is just so kind of eh, that it that it makes the rest of the show kind of eh. yeah yeah It, it like brings down the rest of the show in a way yeah well, yeah, we also finished the rehearsal. Nathan Fielder's show, which we've talked about before, in in a different sense from House, which is just one of the craziest fucking things <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. Just consistently jaw dropping moments in every episode. Yeah, continuously like impressive, impressively like upping itself upping the ante upping the stakes instead of having um, the rug pulled out from under you you're running on a treadmill that is a rug and it's constantly yeah. moving yeah see this is the thing like i don't really know what to say about this one other than just like it's it's maybe the most meta show i've ever seen or like the way that it, yeah like the, the the layers of like rehearsals that he'll go through or like the layers of like doing like taking a situation that we just watched happen and then replacing actors to do what we just saw but like so he could be like an outsider and observe how an actor portraying him responded so he could apply that to his own life and how he himself responds to situations it's very i mean it's presented i think very well so that like watching it you totally understand like pretty much what's going on but Mm -hmm. like conceptually it's like very heady it's very very heady yeah and it's like yeah it's a it's it's amazing how much like mainstream appeal it does have for a show that's like kind of not super accessible yeah yeah in yeah in a sense yeah it's like say it's it's meta but it's like it is meta meta it is meta uh, about <laughs> meta or something like that i don't know yeah it's just it's on a whole other level and it's that like he'll he has like random thoughts that he'll just like say like one like one one off sentence and then be like and then he'll follow it up with like so I did this insane thing and I like all these other like layers deep into the rehearsal thing. Yeah. Kind of like what you were saying about like watching other people, like when he's doing the acting class and then he like, 
inhibits like one of the students and then he like makes them get get the jobs of the people that they're shadowing so then he also gets a job uh <laughs> like sh- the same one that that guy gets goes to his it goes to his real house in his bedroom yeah. and like yeah tells, <laughs> oh my god yeah all like the plushies and like instruments and shit and like actually goes to where this, this dude lives yeah yeah <laughs> forgot about that yeah he like makes up this whole thing about how he wants the others to like move out and it's literally so he can occupy the guy's house <laughs> while he's gone or whatever still like still really funny but like also a lot it's a lot more serious than like something like nathan for you i guess yeah 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 comparison but, but there's still, definitely like, like really a more funny. emotional core to it yeah especially, yeah, especially. with the finale Mm-hmm. it's definitely like more and more so like as the show went on it's more and more representative of the that final nathan mm-hmm. few episode the finding yeah. francis like it so has that vibe throughout mm-hmm. i laughed so hard when because like the finale it's like he he seems to be pretty troubled that this this child actor who like doesn't have a real father yeah thinks that like he wants nathan to be his real dad and he he's like trying to figure out like where he went wrong in making this child think that he was his real dad yeah and so he tries all these different things to like see how he could have done it with a different actor <laughs> but like when he had like the adult man playing like the, the child <laughs> and then there's like a because like there's like nathan's narration going on throughout it i think you are gonna say the exact same thing and he's like you know sometimes i wondered if it was a mistake to have an adult man playing this child and it cuts away to the dude standing in the yard in the pajamas <laughs> yeah. like vaping <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like you know chloe and i are like we're kind of like this is like an emotional episode and then that that little bit in there is just like yeah god damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so funny that's yeah that is the exact part that i was <laughs> i was gonna reference yeah yeah that episode is like yeah with the little kid too like all that like he was he felt like bad form or whatever but also i was like oh. i was like so nervous too like what he was going to do like i was worried that in the i guess in the spirit or whatever of the show he was gonna like push it further but i like that like you know he is the person nathan fielder not necessarily the character nathan fielder yeah um is you know he 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 actually i think like legitimately understood like okay i the, uh, okay i did actually kind of maybe like that and that's like what makes it this and and elements of of nathan for you too just so fascinating is it's like it is so fucking hard from episode to episode to tell where the character of nathan and mm-hmm. the person ends i feel like and it's funny because in nathan for you it's like it's Ob- it's it is more obvious that he's playing mm-hmm. a character although there's you know there's still scenes where he's still where it's where it's a little more blurred but but in this one it, at least where it starts especially the first episode the first episode for the most part i d- feels really like genuine like it's him mm-hmm. maybe a little a, he's still like a little strange like when he's like explaining to the guy like how he 
staged their first meeting and stuff and like I, I don't know there's still a level of fakeness to them or whatever yeah but as this as this one goes on it i think to me it feels more and more apparent that he is still playing a character or whatever for instance the very ending where he's like i'm your he's like i'm your dad and then it's like the it's the last thing and then he's like i thought you were my mom and then he's like no i'm your dad it's like that 100 percent to me is the character right I, yeah i don't think you know but i do think the way that he was reacting to the actual kid like at his house and all that i think that was that was probably genuine like nathan fielder yeah. because he was actually being like and and the the impetus for that whole where that whole episode went was his genuine actual feelings like okay i do maybe need to like reevaluate how i do this because maybe that wasn't cool <laughs> that that happened yeah. well it's just so funny because as each episode aired i feel like there were more and more think pieces and tweets about like is this show ethical is he a manipulator is he bad for being a manipulative person and then the finale was nathan kind of being like oh yeah maybe that was kind of maybe i maybe i shouldn't have done that maybe that was like the whole the whole show led up to him being like uh maybe this is a mistake yeah (laughs) but then they got greenlit for a second season so i'm yeah i'm really curious to see what's gonna happen (laughs) i hope the second season because because i don't want to say that i was like disappointed in this season but i i think the the first episode was like so strong and i really yeah. hope and, and then it became like this house and this commentary on fatherhood and parenthood and like these micro interactions with him and angela and like yeah. his, his various kids or whatever I hope with the second season, it's it, it maybe dials back on that, and it's more of these, like case by case kind of stories. I would where be it's okay like, with that. Yeah, it's like it's, these people that have like these weird social interactions that they don't want to mm-hmm. deal with. I would love to see an entire season of him like building replicas of like locations mm-hmm. where they're going to rehearse these conversations and scenarios, and like I would love to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah because when uh when the show because we first talked about it after the first episode and at that point i think that's what we yeah. both thought right yep. i would not have expected it to do one episode like that and then the rest of it be about this one thing yeah um and they they do have that other guy that they do the rehearsal with the one that like leaves halfway through yeah i don't even remember like what his deal was but and you know for me you know maybe their original intention was to do that with the show but when that guy left and they were like oh this is actually like really hard to like keep people on the hook for doing these things maybe they were like okay well maybe there's more to this like angela parenthood story here and they just kind of rolled with it and said okay Mm -hmm. well this is like the narrative direction of the show now yeah i could i could believe that that it was they changed it like part way through but yeah and like you said i would 100 percent be cool with it if they if they just were able to do that because that first episode was great it was really it was also really fascinating in a in a different way right and i want to see him spend more of hbo's money on making more and more elaborate sets yeah (laughs) so it's like because we only got 
I guess they did do a set of uh, the kid's mom's house at the end, which I was like, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. they're gonna do that. Gotta yep. get one more in. <laughs> yeah, because what I'm trying to think what they do, like what they set up like right before that, but it, he like lays out so much of like the ground rules of how it operates in that first episode too, like how he's like, oh, I. I had a fake like extermination or like electrical mm-hmm. team come in, but all they were doing was taking like 3d scans of your house. And then I feel like you'll see, and there's other things that he does like that in the first episode that he explains. And I feel like that stuff happens at other points in the series. Like, I feel like maybe you see something like that with the, with the, with the mom's house at the, at the end, mm-hmm. you see them do that, but like they don't explain it. And then later they have the model and you're like, Oh, because they did that. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, so they're still showing it. They're just not explaining it. And you're like, oh, right. They did already like set this up and stuff. I, <laughs> okay. I just, I want to, I just thought it'd be funny to, I want to just read through the Wikipedia synopsis of the final episode, like the, like the paragraph just to like get into the, the layers of it. So the okay. final episode, it says, Nathan stages a ninth birthday party for Adam, but faces a problem when Remy, one of the child actors who played Adam at age six, becomes attached to Nathan, calling him daddy even after the scenes are over. Remy's Remy's mother explains that her son might have trouble understanding the difference between acting and reality. To discover what went wrong, Nathan repeats Remy's scenes with different actors, including Liam, a nine-year-old Adam actor, an adult actor, and a mannequin. He then explores what might have happened if Angela had stayed with him and meets with the real Angela, who urges him to forgive himself as her religious belief state. In an attempt to truly understand the connection between parent and child, Nathan stages a new scenario in which he is Remy's mother and Amber and Liam portrays Remy. They recreate the experience of appearing on the rehearsal and becoming attached to pretend daddy Nathan. After coming to the emotional realization that they should not have done the show, Nathan's Amber seemingly breaks character and tells the fake Remy, I'm your daddy. But it's just like reading the sentences and being like, <laughs> then he does this with this thing, ex- ex- doing this yeah. that you, that he just did and da da da. <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. Big fan. Ready for season 2, ready for more. Yep. Although he's my only my only concern is like it I feel like it's just going to be harder and harder to do now that more people are are like aware of him and like his 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 shtick that like that's kind of how I felt with like the Eric Andre show where it's like mm. the more popular and like kind of mainstream appeal Eric Andre got the more and more difficult it would be to get those authentic like man on the street shit that Eric Andre was able to pull off in the first couple seasons when he was like a relative nobody. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with the popularity of like Nathan for you, I feel like the rehearsal just elevated that even more. So it's just like, I I think they're they're just going to have to be like super duper selective or I mean, maybe, maybe this is only because people that I know know about this show. Cause like in the first episode that dude like didn't, he didn't seemingly know who Nathan Fielder was. Mm-hmm. Like if I answered a Craigslist ad and then Nathan Fielder showed up, I'd be like, oh <laughs> shit, you're Nathan Fielder. I know generally your stick and like what you're going yeah. to be doing. And like, I, it would be hard to like separate myself from that mindset of like being on a Nathan Fielder production. So hopefully he doesn't run into any like too much trouble with like a second season with people being like, yeah, I want to be on the rehearsal now. Yeah, that that could happen. I think different from like Nathan for you or Eric Andre show. I would be, I think that that is more of a concern. Definitely. I think that's partly why those shows are like not still going is because yeah, the more well known you are, the harder it is to do mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But with the rehearsal, 
And yes, it's gotten a lot of like talk online, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's seeing it. So pe- yeah. I think more people will be aware of like, oh, this guy has a show and it's it's a little weird. Like I'm just saying like the ra- the yeah. average, average person right, that he could right. potentially have on the show. They yeah. might be aware of him, but I don't know if like everybody's like watching it. And like if you don't actually watch it, you could hear like, oh yeah, this guy... Oh, you're He's you're gonna be on that guy. Sh- yeah, like they might hear from somebody be like, "Oh, you're gonna be on the rehearsal." Okay, j- like that show is like pretty weird. The guy is like weird, blah blah blah. So they might be like have like a primer on like the general vibe, but I don't think that that ruins it because he yeah. is when he's actually doing the thing with the guy in the first episode. Like he's not he's not really. Hu- I mean, other than the the things that like the ta- like how he like feeds him the trivia answers or whatever right it's not like he's hiding anything from him like he is yeah. more or less how he like explains shit to him and everything mm-hmm. is like it's how it goes so like i i'm not quite as worried about that with this show i think i think it has more of a buffer but there is a chance that, like if somebody watches it and like really knows him then yeah then they can and, play up to it or something like yeah, that yeah I mean, and hopefully they'd be able to like weed those people out or something yeah right yeah. or my thinking is like dig into that i i could very well see that happen that's too. true yeah like i i don't know how, what exactly he would do but like yeah really like hone in on like oh now the in this scenario this person knows who i am and everything so how do i manipulate that or how do i you know right how do i nathan fielder this this situation yeah yeah okay so next week movie um Mm -hmm. be interested if we can keep our not counting duds keep our uh, Our, asian cinema train going (laughs) (laughs) let's see i mean there's a fair amount in there but like i also have like european ones but it's just like we keep just yeah yeah we're on the train yeah Train. Nope. Uh, I'm actually not sure whose movie this is. Uh, from 1971. Oh, this might be mine because maybe it's his first movie. Um, sorry. From 1971, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, Duel. Oh, we're okay. watching Duel, and I feel like I probably put it on there because yeah, I think this might be his first movie. Oh, interesting. So I'd, I'd do that. If there's, like, certain dudes, I would... Because a lot right. of first movies I haven't seen of... I still right. haven't seen PTA's first movie. Um, oh, yeah, same. I bought a copy of it. I, I, I like, special ordered, like, an Australian Blu-ray of Heart yeah. 8 because that's the only way to get it on Blu-ray is, like, some random-ass import. I still haven't seen mm. it, though. And then uh, another one that I know I put in, uh, Peter Jackson's first movie, too. Um, oh, okay bad taste oh okay it's called. um so yeah there's a few of those in there so yeah i don't really know what it's about i literally just i'm pretty like i said i i put it on because it's his first movie and it who knows <laughs> we'll see um well cool that'd be interesting i'm uh really curious about this one uh it uh, looks like it's for rent on google play youtube Apple TV, like all all the big ones. Um, it has nobody I know in it, <laughs> yeah. which makes sense, I guess, because 
pre-jaws and all that. So, yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled for Duel, make sure you watch that on one of those platforms or whatever before next week's episode. These episodes come out every Wednesday at 7 p.m. EST in video form on uh, Twitch and YouTube and then in podcast form on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. We also have social pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I always feel like there's supposed to be one more, and that's why I always like trail off there, but I think that's it. I think that's it, yeah. With all that, man, we did talk so much. I was like, I was like, what movie did we do this <laughs> Um <laughs> I am. Uh, we we never came up with our with our nicknames. Oh um, yeah. I am uh, <laughs> critic. I guess that's mine. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, critic, your uh, gumpy looking hot teacher. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go uh, with uh, yeah, TJ aka J Spot Jack Cheese. Uh, and as always, uh, I am your. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I don't know. The first thing I thought of was Baldy, so I'll be, I'll be, I'm I'm Baldy. Your <laughs> uh, your freaking out cat. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nick aka Doctor Funk on Twitch. All right. Uh, Bye-bye. Goodbye.